Hi. <laughs> FFS. Uh, welcome to episode 79 of Res Hockey. I am Trev, and the guy that just said hi is Mr. Bush. What's up, Bush? Oh, not much. I'm just enjoying this weather. I'm trying to get by this uh, cool spell, and uh, envious of you and our brother Tone Dog. You guys coached. Another youthful team that, if they keep together, they should be pretty good. Yeah, uh, we coached uh, Show Lake Thunder to a well. They won the B division, which is still pretty good. Uh, and the Sheldon, not Sheldon, Stuart Red Sky Memorial Hockey <laughs> Tournament Show Lake Forty over this past weekend. Um, it's uh, it sucks watching. Like I like I do want to play, but I don't. I'm just kind of tired of playing tournaments, but it sucks when your son's playing and there's guys pushing your kid around. I just, I just want to yell, yell or something and just swear at the guy and wish I was playing. If I was playing, I would have went out there and probably two hand the guy. <laughs> if he's lucky, if he's lucky, but like LT, he Nick tried to go around him and LT just laid the body and for those who don't know who LT is, uh, he's probably like 6'3", 6'4", 275. He's like an <laughs> offensive lineman in football. And <laughs> Nick's probably 6'2", 150 pounds. So. With equipment. With equipment, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, But yeah, we had a good time coaching. We've been coaching these young players for since they were like Adam. So mm-hmm. it was now they're young men. So it was, it was fun to coach these young players again but uh morgan boys from manitoba won the a side championship over uh sulacout a team made of uh guys from the northern communities like uh muskrat dam lac sewell like guys from thunder bay so it was a good tournament overall that's good yeah so that was my uh my weekend but yeah like the weather it was rainy and wet snow Like all like driving back home from Show Lake into to uh, Kenora, hmm. and there's you can catch a winter road from Show Lake Thirty Nine to Show Show Lake Forty, and there's uh, the ice road, and it was a uh, pretty uh, scary driving at night, driving through slush. It was, it was a lot of water, and I was thinking like, are we gonna like fall through the ice? But luckily we didn't. <laughs> I'm. So, yeah, be careful out there for those who live in northern communities and have to travel through ice roads because uh, spring is coming soon. So be yeah. careful you don't fall through the ice because that's scary. So, um, yeah, we're supposed to get more snow this week. Uh, yeah. Winter a, war- or what's that? Winter, the winter storm warning. Yeah. Special alert or whatever you call it. It's springtime. Like, come on. I know. Well, what's that saying? When the seagulls come, there's two more snows. I don't some know. Some kind of is that your traditional saying? Some kind of Ojibwe saying. I don't know about you guys way up north. Talking <laughs> to you, Trevor. <laughs> You've been uh, here. You're you're almost Ojibwe. I haven't seen no geese flying yet, though. Flying north, have you? I said seagulls. But I'm saying, have you seen oh. like geese fly north in the springtime? Have you seen any? I haven't seen any yet. No? No. Oh, yeah, you Joe boys don't 
hunt geese. No, we just play around them on the golf course. Yeah, you just try to hit them. <laughs> Fancy Indians. You ever get ball. charged by one of them? Uh, when I was a kid, yeah. Um, long time ago, I went hunting with my grandpa, and we we were sitting in the blind. He shot one down, and I used to go out there run run on the where the decoys were and try to yeah. to pick them up. And one was still alive, and it was I had it by the neck, and it was giving me a good fight. Those things are strong. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're crazy, but they're super good though. When was the last time you had a you ate goose for supper? Goose for supper? Uh long, long time. The only there was only one person that asked me about goose, uh geese hunting since I've lived here in Kenora's JR Madison. He said that people in Whitefish Bay used to eat that all the time, yeah. but but yeah, uh speaking of Charity Three, uh Res Hockey, we are uh recording on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, which is how many communities? 20, 28, I think. Eh? Yes, we'll go 28 com- communities in the Treaty 3 territory. So, yeah, I just thought we'd give recognition. Um, guest for episode 79. Uh, I've known this guest for since he was a teenager. Now he's a uh, uh, head coach of a hockey team in the SIJHL. He's a former junior superstar. Uh, he played D3 college in Duluth, Minnesota for St. Scholastica Saints. Nice. Uh, our guest for this week is Mr. Tyler Miller. So uh, we're looking forward to sitting down and talking with Ty. So, uh, yeah. Because uh, of the week, because of the week for this week. Uh, he's one of the kids that I've coached since, like, Adam. Uh, nice. He's a good hockey player. Comes from a good family. Because of the week is Mr. Daniel Tom of Kenora, Ontario. Dan is the younger brother of episode two guest. Taylor Tom. Taylor, Taylor Tom. Hall. Taylor Hall. Um, I actually coached <laughs> uh, Taylor this past weekend. She was uh, she was good. She played, uh, kept up with the guys, and she didn't let them push her around and she was pushing the guys around and taking up the puck and playing really uh, a good defensive game. So it was good to, to coach Taylor this weekend, this past weekend. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout outs. Do you have any shout outs for this week? Just all the participants in the, in that tournament. Hope, hope everybody had fun. And we'll, Look, think about to all a shout out to all the listeners that are going to tournaments this weekend. Um, everyone's there's a lot of people traveling this week, and plus it's Easter weekend, so a lot of people are going to go visit their families and friends. Uh, there's three big tournaments going on this weekend. You got the Jim Nielsen um, Memorial Tournament. Invitational in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. Then you got the Derek Fontaine Memorial in OCN, Opacity Cree Nation in Manitoba. And then you got the NAFN Tournament of Champions here in Kenora. So that's uh, a lot of hockey and a lot of um, that's like three big tournaments. So all the, the big teams are will be participating in this week. So, yeah, we just want to say good luck to all the teams. All the players watching and 
all the aunties and uncles and grannies and grandpas. Uh, speaking of, I texted you, uh, Bush, the the teams for the Jim Nielsen. Did you have it take a look at it? We are going to pick the winners. We're going to pick two teams that will be in the finals for each tournament. So right now, we'll just say uh, the Jim Nielsen Invitational. Uh, there's 11 teams. And this one's going to be a good one because it's man contact. So uh, that would be nice to watch. It's good to see the the hits and the misses, I guess, that the attempts. So <laughs> um, you got like the, the big teams like Round Lake Bears. They just won this past weekend in Prince Albert. You got Canoe Lake Young Guns, PBCN Stars, Norway House Bruins will be playing. Red Pheasant Rebels, Beers, Beaters, Blackhawks, like Onion Lakes Border Chiefs. Mr. Wasis is in there. So you got a lot of good oh, yeah. a lot of good teams. A lot of good Saskatchewan teams in Norway House Bruins. So uh take a look. Who do you think is gonna win? Now, who say who do you think are gonna be in the finals? The two teams. Um, I'll say since they won last weekend and uh Prince Albert, I'll say Round Lake Bears. And Norway House Bruins with Norway House Bruins winning the Jim Nielsen Invitational. I was going to go. Uh, you took my answer, Norway House, but I'm going to. Uh, I kind of like Canoe Lake. Yeah, they always have a good solid. Yeah, they're consistent. I like it. But I, who do I? Yeah, I'm going to go Norway House. But I think it's going to go to the wire. I think it'll be like the last minute. So you're picking Norway House Bruins over Canoe Lake Young Gun? Well, well, well technically, they are uh, Nor- Norway House North Stars. But... I, see, I see. What? I see Norway House Bruins, man. I, no, you said the Bruins. They're, you got them as, they're listed as North Stars, though. You're looking at the wrong one. Ooh. You only gave me one screenshot. I sent you two. I sent you one for the Derek Fontaine. What? I what? sent you one for the Jim Nielsen. Which okay, which is the first one you gave me? I don't know. I sent them at the same time, man. Okay, the one I got in front of me is Norway House North Stars. And uh Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Holy fudge. I know. Okay. All right. Norway House. Bruins, because you know Skyler and a lot of the guys we know in Norway House. <laughs> so you're looking at the wrong one. I was, yeah. I was like, why are you calling them Bruins? They're listed as a Norway House North Stars. <laughs> Holy jeez! Yeah, I know. And uh, luckily, yeah. So who here picks for that? For the one, one with the Norway House Bruins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. Bruins and Canoe Lake are gonna meet in the final. And who's gonna win? I uh, I'm gonna go with Norway House. Okay, probably score three games, three games, three to one with an empty net. And we would like to with us picking against Canoe Lake. Well, Bushes, we like to apologize to Bells. Yes. Sorry, uh, sorry that we're picking against. So we apologize to Reagan. Yeah. He was on the show last week, uh, Roddy. Mm-hmm. So, 
So yeah, sorry, Bells. That's uh, this is all bush. <laughs> Don't cancel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look on the yeah. other one now. Well, Derek Fontaine Memorial. Okay, I got that right in front of me. Okay, Derek Fontaine. Now, and this one is the all reserved. So which which is you got to play for your own community. Yeah. Um, All right. Teams are OCN Winterhawks, OCN Blues, Team Black, which is OCN, TCN Blues, Norway House, North Stars, Moose Lake, uh, Shoal Lake, Swampy Lakers, Cross Lake Red Wings, Cross Lake Salux, and Shemawawin Hawks. So who would you pick the two two teams to be in the finals and your winner? I'm going to go with the Blues, OCN Blues. And I'm going to go um, Cross Lake Selects United. And I think uh, OCN is going to win it. OCN Blues. Okay. I got the Blues, OCN Blues to be in the finals along with. I'm going to go with. I wonder if you're allowed imports for this one. I think so. eh? So I'll go with the the Blues and Winterhawks, two OCN teams. And I'll go with the Blues, OCN Blues winning that one. So. Do you have the one for uh, the, the 40 plus? Uh, the North American? Yeah. I mean, I thought you were going to go with the 40 plus division uh, for the Derek Fontaine. Okay, 40 plus division for the Derek Fontaine Memorial Tournament. You got OCM Blues, Shamawawin Knights, OCM Blades, sorry, yeah. the Paw Huskies, SCN Red Wings, Thompson Rust and Dust, and Red Earth Le- Leafs. I see oh, I'm not going to pick any anything with the Leafs. You know that. Yeah. Uh, I say it's going to be between the Paul Huskies and OCN Blades with yeah. the Huskies winning. That's what I was going to pick, too, the Huskies. Okay, now on for the North American First Nation Tournament of Champions here in Kenora. Um, okay, we'll read the names. Show Lake Hawks, Eagle Lake Chiefs. The Sachuan Rockets, Sachigal Warriors, Sandy Lake River Hawks, uh, then you got White Dog Falcons, Grassy Eagles, Moose Cree Selects, Penguin Peguis War Chiefs, Long Plains, Laxul Eagles, Show Lake Flyers, and Rat Portage Braves. Who are your two to uh go to the final and your winner? I'm gonna probably I'll be, I'm going to go with Eagle Lake, the f- first uh, one of the finalists. Where, there it is. There's my list. Oh. And hang on. Yes, I'm putting them on. See? Oh, Bush has his old man glasses on. Oh, my God. My God. And just for uh, to get in favorites with the listeners, I'm going to go Moose Cree Selects. Who's going to be your winner? Eagle Lake, unfortunately. Not unfortunately for, uh, well, well, not unfortunately for us, but no. <laughs> no um, unfortunately for Moose Cree Selects, I think Eagle Lake's going to uh, win. Uh, and Caden Bush apologizes. I'm yeah, sure Caden's going to listen <laughs> while on the road. So, oh. um, I will go with your same picks. I will. I'll say Eagle Lake Chiefs along with Moose Cree Selects will be in the finals, with Moose Moose Cree uh, Selects beating Eagle Lake in the finals. Uh, 
<laughs> so, yeah, those are our picks for the Jim Nielsen Invitational, the Derek Fontaine Memorial, and the NAFN Tournament of Champions. The three big tournaments that are happening this week, this weekend in Kenora, Prince Albert, no, not Prince Albert, North Battleford, and the Paw. Yeah. Slash OCN. So, those are pretty good picks. Those are a lot of good teams, man. Those are good teams. Yeah. And all these, the teams, a lot of these teams will be playing in the Freddies. So, um, speaking of tournaments, uh, when there's a tournament happening, should players have to pay admission in two tourneys? No. Why? I don't think so. Because they, they play all year. They pay all year. They pay all the fees. They pay all the ice times. They pay all their sticks. Give them, let them, let them in for three games straight. So, like, some of these entries are go from, like, $1,000 to $1,500. Yeah. That's per team. And you have, like, say, 15 teams times $1,500. That's twenty over $22,000. Yeah, since they're paying admission, I mean, they're paying entry fee. There's no way. Like, is it, are you really going to lose that much money? <laughs> okay, I don't so, think so. See, there's 15 teams. I'm on my calculator on my phone times 15 <laughs> players. So that's 225 players times $10. That's $2,250 $2, times three. That's six thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars that the that the tournament will be losing out on the gate if tournament if players don't pay. That's a tough one though. Like you need to somehow earn like uh, make money to pay the the prizes and pay the ice fees, the refs. That's that's a tough one. It is. I mean, ten dollars a day is okay, but not, not twenty dollars. No, like I'll pay to go in and to to play, but give us a little bit of a deal, ten bucks, and give us a band. But you know what? The thing is, we don't we? It's dangerous out there. Like, like we we're very lucky to not get hurt. But when someone gets hurt, like it's. It's a fucking injury that puts us back out of work for how many months? Yeah. Like you got hit with uh, when Kyle uh, Shags hit you in the, with a slap shot. And that was just a tip slap shot. Yeah, like that it, hurt. Like a... it, it changed direction. What if he had hit you full force? Right in the nose or in the teeth? Yeah. And, that that, and that was just a beer league game. Like like these guys that we, that we play against, that they're playing is that they're uh, – yeah, sure. We, we like we take the risk of uh, not wearing a visor, but I mean, it's dangerous like, out there. <laughs> like the admission rates for uh, here in Kenora, Friday, Saturday is twenty dollars a day. Then Championship Sunday is twenty five dollars. So that's, but the they're selling weekend passes for fifty dollars, which mm-hmm. saves which saves you fifteen dollars. Yeah, I'm paying a weekend pass. I'll pay money. So $50, $50 times how many players do you think are going to be playing? 300? Or let's say yeah. two, let's say 200. Okay. Let's, yeah. 
that's ten thousand dollars just for the gate fees for just for players. Just for players alone. So yeah. that's maybe like uh, a side runner up. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm fifty fifty. I'm like just as long as you're not really screwing the player like a lot of money. But twenty dollars a day is kind of lots. Yeah. Ten, I'll pay twenty. I'll be like, holy jeez. I know. Like, do I have to pay twenty dollars to watch you play? <laughs> <laughs> pay my way in, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, tournament season's back. This is the first time in Kenora that the uh, tournament of champions is happening in three years. So. Hopefully they get a lot of money to uh to make a profit. So yeah, and we're not being we're not hating the tournament tournament because our friend and former teammate and former cousin of the week Rob Harabic is the yes. organizer of the tournament. So we love Bobby, and we're not talking bad about the tournament. FYI, and Ernest, and Ernest, yeah, another former cousin of the week. So, but uh, thank you for all the organizers, the people that volunteer to put these tournaments on, and it's. It's, everyone's happy that res tourneys are back on after three years off. So mm-hmm. good job to everyone. And we wish everyone the best of luck in these tournaments this weekend. So uh, yeah. that being said, let's uh, go to our interview with Tyler Miller. Let's go. Okay. Bye. Res Hockey would like to introduce you our guest for episode 70, 79. Uh, he hails from Fort Francis, Ontario, which is two hours south of us in Kenora. Uh, Res Hockey would like to introduce, introduce you our guest for this week, Mr. Tyler Miller. Welcome to the show, Ty. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me, uh, Trav and Bush. Appreciate it. Um, let's get started. Uh, how did you get started in the game? Uh, it started out, uh, obviously here in Fort Francis, uh, you know, started out in the, the can skates that happened around town and then, uh, got into the minor hockey stuff. Um, enjoyed my double A years, Adam Peewee Bantam, and then, uh, hopped into the high school program here in Fort Francis and I uh, played grade nine, 10, 11, and moved out to Toronto for the, for the other half, but Getting started was basically the outdoor rink. That's where it all, that's where it all started. I had a good, uh, my friend's dad would just drive us there every night. Bob Seeger was playing like a rock and uh, all those good old tunes. And we, we'd be out there for hours and playing the older kids. And next thing you know, there's a beer bottle buried somewhere and it's, you're playing against a guy like that's aggressive out there. And, and then you start to figure it out. But, uh, yeah, we uh we do the outdoor rink all the time. Outdoor rink, that was that was us. Yeah, for the listeners out there, I've known Ty since he was in high school, and uh, I remember when you used to work at Safeway. <laughs> yeah, I was a Safeway boy there. Um, we had a couple bagging a couple groceries, get some <laughs> carts. Uh, I always had a job, so that was a good thing. Um, but yeah, I just did whatever. I know me and Trev worked together later on too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was quite the, quite a ride though. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You played junior hockey in Port Hope and Thunder Bay. How was your junior experience? Yeah, so my junior experience is, uh, it was a great experience. Um, you know, you know, I'm thankful for my high school coach who basically, you know, trained us to get ready for junior A hockey, uh, prepared her. We had an itinerary. We knew what was going on, what the time the bus is leaving, what our meal was. We were, you know, he basically trained us to get ready for junior. And uh, I think four or five guys from my high school team made that jump that year in the junior A hockey. Um, but also at the same time, being a young guy, you get all these things in the mail, but now they're emailed to you. I can only imagine how many more come. Uh, invitations to this camp, that camp, go here, go there. So, you know what? I did go to a couple camps in the States, the USHL, uh, the NHL, and uh, I never went to the Manitoba League. I never went to the SJ. Just my style of play was a little different than, than those leagues at the time and uh, ended up in Port Hope, Ontario, an hour outside of Toronto. Uh, Davey Allison sent me and Brian White there, and we ended up having a good camp. And funny story about camp, uh, I'm in camp. Got a visor on. I'm new to this stuff. I hit a 20-year-old from behind and being like a high school kid around here, I said, oh, are you sorry? His mitts are off by the time I say sorry and boom, clocked me right in the nose. Didn't break my nose, but blood was everywhere. And then at the time, we had a captain from Fort Francis that was on that team, Dan McIntyre. He played in the BSHL for two years before coming there. And he jumped over me and, you know, took care of that guy too. It was kind of funny though, because you play with a cage your whole life growing up. You get the chance to put a visor on and I hit a guy from behind and I get the shit beat out of me. <laughs> well, I got one punch kind of. <laughs> so that was my day at training camp. And then from Port Hope, uh, you know, things, uh, things went well. I had to earn my spot though. It wasn't easy. I think I had 35 points my first year. I want to say I didn't start getting in the lineup until Christmas time, basically, consistently. And then when I came back from Christmas, I was in there and, and had a good time. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot of work, though. You got to go to camp and shape. And today's game, you got to be that way also. So uh, getting to Port Hope my rookie year was great. Um, and what did we do? Second year in Port Hope. Um, that was a good time. You know, had fun with the boys and couple stories of you know, I can share is you get in trouble when you're a junior A hockey player, you know, it depends who you're hanging out with. And remember one time we were running away from, uh, I don't know if this can be in there, but we're running away from the cops. <laughs> and uh, I make it inside the house at the billets house. And my buddy that's living with me at the time, he's there, but he didn't make it in the house yet. And the cops are buzzing the block. And I don't know what happened. We were just running. And all of a sudden, I'm watching out my window, and the cop hammered my buddy, absolutely hammered him, and he was a couple beers deep. So he plays dead, and the cop thinks he killed him. And I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching from the window, and all of a sudden, my buddy opens one eye, takes a look. The cop's gone. He doesn't know what to do. So my buddy crawled, crawled through the bushes into the house. It was, it was pretty comical. You get some of those stories that you want to share with people. But, yeah, the, when he got tackled, it was like, I don't even know who's coming after you. The biggest football player ever, and boom, 
his lights <laughs> went out, played dead, and yeah, I, I got to witness it all. I, it was hilarious. <clears throat> but uh, what else happened in junior there? Uh, it was a good second year. Uh, I ended up going to the the OJ All Star game, uh, getting some experience there, playing with guys that are in the National League right now, um, working hard. They're doing good and. It was just a great experience to be 24 hours away from home, and I made the team, and I went there for a half a year after that, and I had no no regrets on any, any decisions. What about you? Got traded to Thunder Bay. Um, how how was it there? Getting from traded from Port Hope up to Thunder Bay, closer to home. Yeah, so at the time, uh, you know, I asked for a trade. I kind of seen the. Some scholarship opportunities. Uh, my time in Port Hope, every hockey guy has a story. And I'm not going to share you mine, but I just ended up cutting my Achilles tendon, you know, sliced it. It's a long recovery, uh, especially when you, you don't have the proper people to, you know, to, to get your strength back and things like that. So, you know, I was offered those div ones when I was 19 years old. I cut my Achilles at the end of the year in the playoffs against Kingston, some guy hit me from behind and stepped on my Achilles right after he hit me. And that was pretty awful. Just a game changer in my life. And that's kind of about it. And then I was like, well, you know, let's get, try and get closer to home. And uh, so the Thunder Bay Bearcats were around in the SIJHL and the Fort Francis Lakers. And I had friends on both teams and ended up just being a, a wild two months, actually. I asked for it in November, December and, I know there was dollar signs, trading guys, things like that. I just stayed out of it. And uh, whoever could get what my GM at the time wanted, uh, I don't I don't know what he wanted, but it sounded like a body. Uh, a couple of them he wanted back and some money. So in the end, it worked out, and I was able to play in the SIJHL for the Bearcats. So that was a, that was a good experience. We had a lot of uh, – we got to play with my buddies, Again, like I said, you know, both teams had friends on there. We brought in some guys at the deadline. Uh, you know, I was there January 5th, I think I got there. And then the deadline came on the 10th, and uh, we picked up some more OHL guys, things like that. We had a good push. That was probably one of the better teams I played on, actually. It's yours. I just asked a question, man. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. Uh... <laughs> We'll talk about the OJ for a sec. Does the Ontario Provincial get league get a lack of attention due to the <laughs> OHL teams? Do you think? Uh so the OJ. Yeah, I mean, it depends what community you're in. Yeah, and things like that. Um, obviously, there's different leagues now. Like, I'm just I'm just starting to figure some of this stuff out. I'm like, you know, there's the OHL, then there's the OJ, then there's the GO, then there's these. Not leagues that just you pay to play, and, yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously, your leader is the the OHL, and then you get into the OJ, um, which I always thought was a good league. Um, but yeah, it depends what community you're in. If you're winning, uh, winning's your biggest fundraiser, right? <laughs> More yeah. people are going to be showing up buying that $10 ticket, $20 ticket, and uh, that's how things kind of work. So, the community I was in, I'd say we had about 400 to 500 people a game. Uh, which is pretty nice. Um, we were a winning team, Wellington Dukes. They were they're the top dog in our division. 
played Wellington, Kingston, Bowmanville, Lindsay, Port Hope. Uh, I don't know, can't remember any other teams, but the Dukes always end up knocking us out. That was a that was a tough one, and they did well in those uh, Centennial Cups. I, I think they're called now. They're the RBC yeah. Cup back in the day. Um, but yeah, they were good teams. So they are definitely uh, they're second in that area for people coming to watch and stuff. <laughs> okay, all right. After Thunder Bay, you played a at Saint Scholastica College in Duluth, Minnesota, for four years. How was it playing in Duluth? Yeah, Duluth is a that's a fun city. That is a good time. There is UMD there. Obviously, the Bulldogs Div one, and then you got us Div three. We're a private little school. Thirty two hundred people go there. Probably it's a nursing. Uh, school with some business there. Uh, then you got across the bridge is UWS and Wisconsin's a good time. Uh, always go over there, watch football on Sundays. Uh, they had a place where you're getting burger, fry, and a beer for five bucks. And then you walk, you walk next, you go next door to the place and you're getting a bucket of beer for 10 bucks. You know, it's just a, just a, cool area it's a college town it's a fun time um but my experience there um you know it was a good time you know we we had good teams uh my second year we might have had a little slump there um we're just trying to figure things out my rookie year was good uh i think i made some awards i don't even know what it was all rookie team or whatever the americans have team wise and um i was on one of those Second year went through a roller coaster ride up and down. Um, third, fourth year, point wise, team wise, that that was fun. You know, I played with a guy from Winnipeg, Manitoba, um, and the other guys from British Columbia, and then actually my good friend from Port Francis, uh, Chris Sinclair. He uh, ended up playing at Scholastica too, and we were on a line our our last last year together. So we we put up some numbers and we put up some wins and. Uh, Actually, right now, just dealing with uh, coaching junior A, I called Scholastica, and I'm going to get a player there. And it's kind of funny. They're they're first in the league. They won the Maya Conference. Wow. Last time they did that was 1972. <laughs> like a Leafs like team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that was, yeah, that was, that was a good time. I yeah. just got, got my education out of it. Uh, that's what you want. The big thing, play hockey, get your education done. And, uh, Duluth was, that was a time. That's a, that's a party. That's a party place and you can handle yourself well. And, you know, when you're winning and things are going right, it's, it's a fun time. And you know what? We met the UMD boys and everything, you know, we'd go out and you'd bump into a couple of them and they're just welcoming, right? There's no level change of personality that I'm, you know, I'm the div one guy in this town and they're all, they're all welcoming. You know, the, what we're looking at is, you know, we actually had a player at Scholastica Div 3 move over to Div 1. He had to redshirt. You know, he came in Scholastica, D-man, uh, put up some points, went over, redshirted, then played for UMD for three years. So the, the skill level is pretty much the same, and it depends what Div 3 you're at. Um, but normally a lot of Div 1 transfers happen to Div 3 because they're playing – fourth fifth line and they don't like that and 
you just got to find your spot on the team. So any kid that's playing Div 3, it's possible to get over to Div 1, no problem. The skill levels, things like that. And then the Div 1 guys that come to Div 3 for, you know, third third line guys, fourth line guys just want to play those first line minutes in Div 3. So anything's possible out there. It's pretty cool to to be in a, in a big Division 1 town. And, you know, being a D3 guy, is, it was pretty cool. Should uh, more Indigenous players take advantage of playing D3, um, considering a lot of the these uh, players will get sponsored from their respective uh, First Nations? Yeah, I think uh, I think education and hockey go hand in hand. Like uh, First Nation from Cooch here, and uh, you know, and I'm thankful that. I was able to play hockey and everything like that. And and now more players, you know, should be getting in that education role of like, okay, what do you never know where you want to be, right? You're always like, oh, I'll figure it out as a hockey guy. Oh, I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out. But then uh, then you kind of got to start, you know, thinking, okay, I can play at this level. What's my education like? And the best part about that is those schools work with you. They, you know, if you're a good player, they want you to be there. They'll help you on the education path and, I really believe more um, First Nations, we should be playing at these higher levels of Div 1, Div 3, because the skill is out there. You know, we go to these tournaments and we see this, and actually some of the recruiting, you know, comes from tournaments, and you're just thinking, wow, that guy, you know what, he can play uh, He can play Div 1, no problem. And it's who's helping that guy to get to that next level. Maybe he doesn't know uh, about it or anything like that. So I'd love to see more uh, First Nations. And aboriginals in the United States schooling system for sure. Div one, div three, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I agree. Best part of college hockey. What was that, sorry? Kyle, what was the best part of playing college hockey? Well, you can take the miracle line when they're sitting together there, but I'm not gonna go with that one because everyone might know that line. So <laughs> Uh, I think it's with your, as you grow up, you play double A, you play your muskies or your triple A, but you start not weaning guys out, but you start getting to an elite group of players that are all together, you know, and just the bond that you have on campus in the school actually. And then you're with those guys for four years. You know what? Nothing changes. There's no, there's no trade deadline. You're not like, oh, my buddy's on the wire. He's going to be gone. So the best part about college was um, just being with the same guys for four years, seeing the new guys come in. You might get to show them a secret bar or two, you know, <laughs> things like that, um, or show them where, you know, good times are. But just being with those guys, that's so important. Uh, those four years, I, I'm in a group chat. Everyone's in group chats. So everyone has a million, but. The one I like the bo- the be- <clears throat> the most is with the boys. You know, the guys from school, you're always reaching out. Where are you today? And one guy's making a business deal on a golf course. The other guy's teaching. Uh, the other guy's, you know, doing whatever, you know. But everyone that I went to school with has a job. You know, they found found a way. They got their uh, college degrees out of Scalaska and found a job right away. That's kind of the bonus of uh, these private schools, low we only had like 3,000 people in there. I don't know what it's at now, but might be 3,500. But you go there, you get a private education, you can walk out and get a job anywhere you want. 
um, that that's what that's what's really nice about it, the private school system. Um, you're not you're competing against other private schools, but you're just you know you're going to have a job when you walk out of that school. So that was that was great for everyone I played with, and the best part was the boys. It's always the boys. You started out as the assistant coach with the Fort Francis Lakers out of the SI and promoted as head coach. Was coaching something you always wanted to do? Yeah, so actually I uh, when I moved home after Scholastica. I did get offers to, you know, go ride the bus some more. Um, I think it was a Central in Tulsa. They sent me a contract. Europe, someone sent me a contract and the SP. Uh, but I was basically done riding the bus. I just wasn't for me anymore. I wanted to start a job, um, get home and, and finish things up type deal. It, it was a good ride, trust me, but uh, I didn't want to ride the bus anymore. Those are long trips and stuff like that. So I got into a job uh, with seven generations and actually uh, the guy that runs it, he was the first guy, uh, the head coach, and he, he uh, had me under his wing. Uh, Brent Tukane, I was assistant coach for him with the Bantam AA here. And then uh, as he moved on, I, I took over the Bantam team for two years, and then I moved to the Pee Wee AA team. And then I had the Bantam AAA team when the Kings host the, the Cup, um, the Provincial Cup. And then I think I took a break. So I, I coaching was always something I wanted to do. That's I moved home and I, I got coaching right away. And then I took a break. Oh no, I helped the high school team. Assistant coach there, helped them. Then COVID hit, took a break. And then I get a phone call. Uh, what are you doing? What's going on? Can you help? And I was like, Oh, here we go. You know, uh, can I help? What's going on? What's the issues? Well, there's a lot of issues here. This is all great. <laughs> uh, problem solving time. And you know what? I, I like being a part of things like that that need fixing. Um, and that's where it started. So I was called out uh, last year to help help the program. And then this year again, called to ask to help the program. And things just weren't working for the people in charge. And or they had different opportunity. And so I was asked to be the head coach and uh, I loved it. You know, it's, it's a different, it's a game changer. You're dealing with player cards. You're dealing with kids that, uh, you know, that are learning the game. You know, I was there once 18, 19, 20. Um, but uh, it is definitely a game changer coaching style, bench management, everything like that. It's a little quicker pace. Um but, yeah, that's kind of how I started out with the Lakers as a head coach. And then uh, when I took over, uh, Brandon Bodner is a goalie coach. Um, he was with the Lakers, you know, just as long as I was helping out. So we decided to get in there and co-coach it together. Uh, but I knew there was missing pieces still. So I went out and had uh, a local guy from Fort Francis, Luke Judson, and another guy, Cody Mosbeck. Uh, Luke was a captain of the Belleville Bulls for three years. Um, and then he moved on, did the CIS and East Coast Hockey League. Cody Mosbeck, uh, he f- played his junior in the Ice Dogs, and then he went to the NHL. And then Cody got a scholarship to Gus Davis, NCAA Division Three, and then uh, he led them to the the national championship. Um, so our coaching staff, I knew we I needed to sc- to secure that. 
So I went out and found, uh, you know, two other good guys, bring them on board and we're going to change this program around. That's, uh, that's the goal. And I like a challenge like that, but there is a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, from getting new rosters in here, getting players in here consistent, consistently, um, checking them out, using your cards properly, all that stuff. Hmm. <clears throat> Me and Trev went to a uh, tournament a couple years ago in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, and one kid brought out some uh, really, really techno music. Like it was just bizarre new to me i thought there's gonna be a rave uh my question to you is do you like the music being played in your dressing room <laughs> uh, dressing music uh, depends what they're playing like if it's some ccr maybe or if it's some acdc i'll, I'll get in there and like it yeah see trevor all, yeah all of a sudden this techno world is coming in <laughs> it's a little little too much for me I don't know what's going on there with the kids today, but uh, it's a new thing out there. Yeah. But I got fired up with a little Metallica going. <laughs> uh, advice, what uh, advice would you give young youth, young players? Um, young players, so uh, my advice for, for anyone out there is just, if you love it, keep doing it. You know, get to the outdoor rinks. That's free. The outdoor rinks are free. You don't need to be in you know, all these camps that are charging, you know, I, I did the math here and say, I, you know, I got my own, I got my own two sons here. And if I go to Winnipeg for a weekend, okay, I get in the camp, it's 500 bucks. The hotel room's a 189 a night. Then I got to feed us. I'm looking at a $2,000 bill for one hockey camp where, you know, if someone in this area, Northwest Ontario had ice in year round, uh, it'd be a lot more, it'd be a lot better. So, my advice is just, you know, get to the outdoor rink, work hard, get to the free ice, um, you know, go to a couple camps, but watch, you know, who's teaching them, what are they doing? Is it a, is it a money grab for someone? Is it, what's going on? Is this AAA stuff? I did it growing up. I don't remember it being this pricey. I don't remember anyone owning it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember anyone making money off of it. But just, just be careful who you trust, what you're going into, and. Uh, just work hard, have fun. The outdoor rink's the best place for you. I really believe that. And get any shinny hockey, any of that stuff. Um, I'm learning quite a bit, you know, with my own kids here. Um, I'm learning lots, <laughs> you know, especially <laughs> at the junior level. Like uh, we just ran a camp and we only charged 60 bucks and we only asked certain kids to come. We didn't run a junior camp like some of these ones in the States that are having 150 to 200 kids out there, charging 400 bucks paying the bills for the coach. That's what that stuff goes to. You got to yeah. you know, wake up and smell the roses. There's so many leagues out there now. Um, and a lot of them are charging, you know, anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 to 15, I've heard. So my advice is if you need help, reach out to someone that's been there, done it, has good connections, get to the outdoor rink, have, have fun, and uh, just enjoy the game. That's well That's said. Uh, before we let you go, Ty, we'll finish our interview with what we call five rapid niche questions. You ready? Okay. Let's hear them. Uh, question number one, baked or fried bannock? Oh, man. 
<laughs> I can go fried. Uh, question number two: Ever used a bed sheet for a door or curtain? You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> I probably had three going. <laughs> uh, question number three: Ever see Ernest Munias live in concert? No, I just watch him on Facebook. <laughs> uh, question four: Bannock Burger or Indian Taco? Oh, I'm a burger guy. Bannock Burger. Fifth and last question: Can you jig? Can I jig? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can do a little jigging. <laughs> Bush, I'll but tell I, you. Okay. Another thing I just want to bring up, you know, I went through some some racism throughout the game. So if any First Nation kid, you know, were listening to this, please speak up, reach out to someone. You can find my number from Trev, all that stuff. I dealt with it. It's, it's not fun. I dealt with it at uh, different levels of hockey, right? Yeah. Uh, but please reach out to someone. Um, that's all I got to say for that stuff. It's it's not needed in this world, but you, you got support, okay? So don't keep things in. Reach out. I'll, Bush, before we let Ty go, I'll tell you a funny story about him. Uh, we were, <laughs> went to a men's tournament in Atacokan. Oh, yeah. Him and Brian White were teammates, <laughs> and they were, what, maybe 18, 19 years old. And we yeah. had a guy, his cousin, AJ Tucker, who was on, like, unreal. And, yeah, and we he uh, the guy that was running our team, Bucky Bonderchuk, wanted Tux to go to bed because we were playing Sunday morning. So he made me, Ty, and Tux sleep on a bed together. <laughs> so AJ could go to bed. Tux had to sleep in the middle. And these were like small beds. They were like double beds. So there's three of us guys trying to sleep. <laughs> There was some body heat that night. It was. Yeah. Well, there was Bucky... no techno music going, though. No. <laughs> I think it was Bucky and Whitey sleeping on the next bed. Or was it me, you, and Whitey? There was, I remember there was yeah, three I... of us on a bed anyways. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't comfy, that's for sure. And then you yeah. wake up on those Sundays and there's a Johnny Cash song coming down. <laughs> that's for sure. And uh, we were walking outside the the hotel packing our bags and we saw Clint Beer getting driven away by OPP. Oh. <laughs> you, you guys that? you guys know Clint? Yeah yeah, yeah. Bush okay. Bush is playing with him this weekend. Yeah. Okay, well you know what Clint so this year our goaltender had to get emergency hip hip surgery. So I know Clint pretty well and uh at the time I said Clint you gotta come out man you got to come out here and skate. So Clint's <laughs> getting junior A shots for about two months now. So Clint's going to be fired up. But the funny thing is, I bag skate the guys, and Clint's bag skating with us. I'm like, you don't got to bag skate. Clint, you're 35 or whatever age. I said, hey, this is for them, man. He goes, yeah, but tournament season's coming up, he said. So that was pretty funny. He's been, like, uh, practicing with – the junior team since like the thunder days. So he's yeah, he's practicing for like the last 20 years, getting junior shots fired and which is good for him though. Oh yeah. It's awesome. The boys love him too. Boys love having Clint out there. And he makes uh he robbed one kid there. It was pretty awesome. And uh, he brings his glove in hot and he goes, Oh, the Ojibwe snag right there. And the kid <laughs> <started laughing. laughs> so it's, he's good to have around there. You know what? With the, 
with the kids. They all love them. So all right, no, like, that's good to hear. Thanks a lot. Yep. All right, Ty, uh, thanks for uh, joining us on the show. We appreciate it. And uh, like Ty said, if you ever need someone to talk to you, Ty's more than uh, available to talk to you guys. So thanks, Ty, and uh, we'll have to catch up again soon. Yeah, no problem, man. Let's do it in two years when we win the SI. Sounds That's good. Cool. Sounds good. Okay. All right, we'll talk to you later. Sure, See yeah. ya. Bye. See ya. Hi. Hey guys, welcome back from our interview with uh, Tyler Miller. Uh, thanks, Ty, for joining us on the show. Um, I just yep. I invited Ty to come on the show because he is uh, he played junior hockey, he played college hockey in the U.S. He's uh, he's a teacher. He's uh, now coach of the Fort Francis Lakers. So I just wanted him to come on the show and. Talk hockey and what it takes for the youth to get to that level of junior hockey. So thanks, Ty, for coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week for our Res Hockey Top 5, Top 5 teams that are playing in Res Tourney this weekend. Uh, we mentioned in the first part of the show that there's three big tournaments happening. Jim Nelson Invitational, the Derek Fontaine Memorial, and the Nothing tournament at champions. So, uh, did you you want to make a top five or just stick to the one I have here? I like yours. I do. Okay. Uh, number five for top teams playing this weekend in res tourneys. Uh, Round Lake Bears. They won this past weekend yep. in Prince Albert. They always have a strong team. So I'll go with Round Lake Bears for number five. Number four. Canoe Lake Young Guns. Yes. They always have a strong like team. Uh, we had Reagan Yo on the show, Craig McCollum, and Roddy Ross. Mm-hmm. They all play for Canoe Lake, and they were all on the show, so they always have a good team. Uh, number three, Norway House Bruins. Not uh, the North Stars. Not the North Stars. Like Bush has been <laughs> I was trying to say for about 10 minutes. It's like, what list is this guy? <laughs> I sent him two pictures and he has the... I opened up the raw. Anyways, let's keep going. <laughs> Norway House Bruins, uh, 2022 Fred Sasaskamu's champions. They, they'll always have good teams. And the thing with these teams, when you ask, like when these guys ask you to play, you say yes, no matter what. Like if you say no, if these teams ask you to play, like you're an idiot. Like, even if it's for less money, like, you yeah. play for these guys. Because these guys always have a good chance of winning tournaments. Uh, number two, uh, Eagle Lake Chiefs, uh, former finalist at the Freddy. Uh, they won the North American tournaments here in Kenora a couple times. They always have a good team as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. And I'm not being biased. I just kind of went, went, uh, picked five random teams well not random but five of the best teams i thought uh top so number one for res hockey top five teams playing in res tourneys this weekend moose Cree socks <laughs> <laughs> fyi i'm not being biased even though i'm from moose Cree. yeah so those are a list of teams like all these five teams will compete and probably win at the freddy as well so yeah uh, off air, Bush and I were talking about what happened on Sportsnet with uh 
Jennifer Bottlewell, who's uh what do you call her on Sportsnet? Uh hockey an analyst. Analyst, yeah. Analyst. An an analyst. What the fudge? So uh yeah, go ahead, Bush. Okay, so during the week, Paul like Paul Maurice, he's a coach. Who's he what, coach? what team is he again? Florida Panthers. He's called Coach Panthers. Okay, so he's coaching Panthers. Panthers are playing not very well, I'm guessing, by the by the sounds. He was quite animated. And uh I think there was a couple swears involved in his uh <clears throat> tirade, you could call it. Now, my beef isn't with that. My beef is with people that don't understand and judgment uh statements on the way Miss Botterell was saying. She was saying that Coaches cannot talk to that. I am appalled by that. You cannot talk to your players like that. You have to treat them with a certain amount of respect and blah. You should just uh I actually tuned out to most of it because I didn't I didn't agree anything with what she was saying. I think he's just being a coach. I think he's being mad because he's he knows players are capable of what to play and not doing it. So sometimes coaches gotta yell at us. Sometimes if they know we can play at a certain level and, and we have, and then all of a sudden we take, take like a couple weeks off and in our mind and we're not playing to, to snuff, then yeah, sometimes we do need a kick in the ass. Sometimes we do need to be yelled at. Sometimes we do need to be uh, brought up, brought our heads out of the clouds. You know, you know, that's just ah, like it irritates like, me. Like today's society, they they call them soft, right? Because everyone is like, oh, my mental health is going to take a is going to take a toll on me and don't yell. Like it's, he's more old school than yeah. a lot of coaches are like, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Let the coaches yell at you. If you're doing something wrong, if you can't take yelling or criticism, like, I don't know, should you play hockey? I mean, you can, but you got to learn. You got to grow some tough skin, right? Yeah. For coaches to, uh, to yell at you i'm okay i i yell at kids still this past weekend when i was coaching i was yelling and i yell at bush we yeah. were playing in tournaments so i still yeah i yelled at bush so uh it's okay to yell it's the coaches expressing himself um it's okay to say the f-bomb i guess well not in front of little little kids but yeah like if you're junior age players and it's okay to say the F bomb. Like, come on. They've they've heard it before. They've heard it at home. So parents don't act surprised if you hear a coach say an F bomb because you swear at home as well, too. So and don't How try to act you swear at the TV, right? No kidding. Yeah. When something's wrong happened to you. When you're driving in traffic, it's like I'm sure you have swore a few times. <laughs> so but yeah, I disagree with Jennifer Botterwell. Um just it's part of the game and um it's just not hockey it's football basketball baseball it's in every sport coaches will get upset and blow up yeah it's not like he's paul maurice is doing it every game usually coach coaches have an outburst maybe once or twice a year and it just happened last week when they were playing toronto of course it's going to happen against toronto toronto kicks <laughs> ass and her kicking florida's ass so so but yeah just parents if you see a coach 
do an outburst like that, just let him be. Don't don't take it personal. Don't don't ask your kids a, a million questions. Just yeah. it happens once in a while and it 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 does help the team, right? It's going to smarten them up and it's not it's not a negative thing. It's no. Like teachers, they blow up at their kids. I'm I'm sure they don't say f bombs and but I'm sure they'll like have a outburst where they're upset with the class. So it's just like that. But so, yeah. So I don't know anything else about that. I think that's it. That's uh, it. There's a uh, there's a lot. Coaches blow up in their players all the time. They're not always posted on social media, but there's. I follow the Oilers, of course, and sometimes videos get leaked where in the past, Todd McClellan, you can hear him laying into him. Um, Jay Woodcroft had a had a big tirade against him one game. Like it happened, it's gonna happen. And fortunately, we as players, we sometimes we need to hear it. We need to see how passionate our coaches are. Coaches aren't gonna say anything at all. They just don't give a crap. And maybe they uh, you know, if they just shrug their shoulders all the time and say, Oh, well, these guys know what to do. Yeah. Uh it, it doesn't happen as often as, as, as that it used to, but it's still it's still a part of the game. Um <laughs> he's not swearing coaches don't swear directly at you. They're no. talking to the whole team, right? Yep. Um it's not like when I swear at Bush on the ice after he gives up the puck. That's totally different. No, so, that's when I pass the puck too fast and I Slowed it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I totally could have too. <laughs> sometimes we we sometimes we players like we need to be reminded of what what we actually can do out there. Yeah. So yeah, it's a part of the game. It happens. Um, it happens in every sport and every field of work too. So yeah, I'm sure it's not going to be the last time that Paul Maurice or any coach will have an outburst <laughs> like that because his, his job's on the line, right? Like. Yeah, when a team plays shitty, it's 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 him that's gonna get, get fired, not not the rest of the twenty guys on the team. So, coaches, uh, they have it rough sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh yeah, I got another question I want to talk. Um, okay, with the Freddy coming up in May, should reserves that have teams in the Freddy say like uh, Eagle Lake Chiefs, if Another player from Eagle Lake wants to play for another team in the Freddy. Should Eagle Lake sign a release form for that player to play for someone else? Or should you say, no, you can't play for that team. You have to play for Eagle Lake. Oh, good question. So. I like like that question. (laughs) That is a good question. Yeah. I think, my opinion, the team sh- should be able to give a release to that player. Like, even though it it might hurt the team, give that player a release because why why have an un- unhappy player play for your team? It's just going to affect other players. Other players will see your attitude that you don't want to be there. You don't want to play for them. And it's that negativity is going to affect other yeah. players, and they're going to resent that one one player, and they're not going to pass to him. They're not going to want to talk to him. Like, there's a lot 
it comes down to a lot. Like, but then again, why wouldn't you want to represent your community? Because yeah, when you play at the Freddy, you're rip not you're not only representing yourself, you're you're playing for your community because yeah. it's a community t- uh, based tourney, right? So release, yay or nay? I'm gonna say yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they. That's hard. Even with uh, Kerrigan ZB, I know they have had problems, and I've so, uh, it's been, it was all over social media. A couple players from the Bulls, I think they're called yeah. The bowls. Uh, they want wanted to be released, but the team manager, former NHL player John Shabbat, wouldn't release the players because they wanted John wanted the players to play mm. for the community and not play for someone else. And there was a big uproar about it for the players to be released. And I, I and from my understanding that these kids were pretty good players, so. Like, what do you do? Do you just say, no, you have to play for a community? Or, like, here's your release. Good luck. And yeah, all the best for you at the at the Freddy. That's another tough one. I'm thinking mm-hmm. more and more about it, but that's a tough one. Like, you don't want your best player to go play for someone else and maybe beat you and win the tournament, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because that can come back and kick you in the ass. That's true. So, I'm 50-50 right now. How about that? Yes, in a way, but no, in the other way. Like, yes, I want you to play. Yeah, yes, I want you to play, but no, because you might play us and score the game winner against us. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have to represent your, your, not only your family, but your community. So, damn, that's a tough question. <laughs> Let's put a poll on Facebook. Let's see what yeah. people will will uh, answer. Yeah, we should. So, that's a that's a good one. Uh, anything else before we uh, skedaddle for uh, Easter weekend? Do you have a Easter weekend like a meal, like turkey and like a Christmas dinner? But for Easter, you know, no. I used to do hams. That was it, though. No, no turkey no. and all the no. trimmings and stuff like that. Oh no. Oh no. What about like Easter chocolates? No. No? I'm gonna get you an Easter chocolate then. A big <laughs> a big chocolate bunny. Just for you. I'm gonna go to Walmart. Okay. Uh can it be like next Tuesday? Because everything will go on sale after that, after Easter. Oh yeah. Fifty percent off. So, uh, okay. With that being said, uh, everyone have a good and happy Easter. Um, I don't know. I don't want to offend anyone when start talking religious stuff, but it is what it is. But everyone have a good Easter weekend. uh, Enjoy. Excuse me. Enjoy spending time with your family. Um. At the arena and whatnot. And if you're traveling, say travels to everyone. Don't forget to put down your tobacco when you're traveling. Say a prayer. 
Anything else, Bush? I think that's it. Well, let's go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you uh, see us at the rink in Kenora, can wait and say hi. Um, Bush has eight by tens autographs yeah. for I mean, sale. And those are your teams. I'll be I'll be flexing my hundred fifteen flex in the in the lobby in the lobby. And if you see us, pay our way in because yeah, could don't could be cheap. Yeah, exactly. And we'll have uh, stuff for sale. Yep. So uh, yeah, we'll see everyone at the rink this weekend. So uh, and for those who we won't see, everyone have a good weekend, like we said earlier, and, and uh, we'll see you again. Yes. So have a good weekend, everyone. Peace. Peace out.